Hello everyone, welcome back to Sana IE. I'm your host, XO. Hope you had a great weekend. It's Monday, money making Monday, motivational Monday. Let's keep pushing on to the whole new week, a whole new week of opportunities, goals, a whole new week to prosper. Whatever happened this weekend, whatever happened last week, forget about it. We're on to a whole new week and a whole new blessing. So let's focus on this week and focus on the positivity of this week, the success of this week, the opportunities of this week, and the blessings of this week. Don't let nothing else carry on until this week. I hope y'all been having a great weekend. Man, last show, incredible. Once again, shout out to Marcus Brown for coming on to the show, educating us on his journey and giving us advice, dropping gems and letting us know what it takes to sustain longevity within your passion, as well as keeping that hunger and keeping that drive and keeping that creative mindset and that creative heart on. So I appreciate him as well as my guest before that, Gio. Shout out to her. Check out her podcast. Never will I ever streaming on all podcast platforms and a shout out to her man for coming on and educating us about the whole child care and how child care operates in the doula and the birthing centers and how birthing um the birthing cycle so i appreciate them and we're gonna get on with today's show monday y'all know i got the quotes today and i got a special guest for y'all man i have one of my close friends she's a middle school teacher and I have her coming on to sh- today's show to discuss how the whole COVID uh, affected her and the school curriculum and just getting her views on the, what is going on, everything that's going on right now, how she's doing and the whole the teaching aspect of the how, how it is now and how it's going forward. And I just want to shout her out. I appreciate her coming on the show and really just want to pick her brain about her childhood the passion her drive where she started how she get here her vision for the future man but uh, i'm gonna get on with the quotes of the day the first quote is as the night gets dark let your worries fade sleep peacefully knowing that you've done all you can for today as the night gets dark let your worries fade sleep peacefully knowing you've done all you can for today. I think this is a great quote. I feel like myself and all of us personally, that that we carry the weight of the day into our bed, into our bedrooms, into our homes, instead of letting it go and just exhaling everything that happened throughout the day and just starting fresh and starting new and renewing your energy, renewing your mindset for the nighttime, for the bedtime, and not letting that carry over into the next day, not let it carry over into your bed, to your bedroom, into your home. It's about letting the worries go. As soon as you enter your house, there's no worries. I'm here with my family. I'm here with my loved ones. Uh, Let's focus on being present in the moment with them. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes you carry the work stress onto to home and it builds the home stress. And you carry what happened throughout the day, you get picked on uh, somebody nagging at you or something that happened in traffic or you losing a job, even though I understand losing a job. But you carry that over instead of letting it go, starting fresh, seeing the opportunity, like what is this trying to teach me? Instead of why is this, why is this, why is this happening to me? seeing like what is it trying to teach me and that goes with not trying to carry it over to the next day 
once you get in your bed, you get rested for the night, you lay down, say your prayers, you do your meditating, you drink your tea, whatever you do to calm down, get ready for bed, let that be, be present in that moment. Don't be, get carried away with the worries of today, the bads of today, the goods of today, whatever it was. Don't carry that over to your bed while you're laying down sleeping. You're causing stress, causing yourself, giving you nightmares and stuff, thinking about this stuff, overstressing, and then you wake up and it's carried over to the next day. Why? Why not just let it go? As soon as you lay down, I'm letting whatever happened today go. The burden of today go. The goods of today go. I'm focusing on tomorrow, the new opportunities tomorrow, the new blessings of tomorrow, the success and the prosperity of tomorrow instead of letting all the bad shit that happened today carry over to, the, to tomorrow. Because once you let it carry over tomorrow, then guess what? It'll carry over to next week and carry over to next month and carry over to next year. So sometimes you just have to put a stop to it all once you go, once you end your night. Once again, the quote is, as the night gets dark, let your worries fade. Sleep peacefully knowing you've done all you can for today. My second quote is, Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit at home and think about it. Get out and get busy. We all got thoughts. We all got stuff we want to do. We all know that. We all got places we want to be. We all got, oh, I want to do that. We all got goals. We all got aspirations. But if we don't act... They'll just be just aspirations. They'll just be goals. They'll just be just just stuff that we wanted to do instead of stuff we're doing in the process of doing it, in the process of conquering. So we have to put that action out there to build our confidence, build our courage. We can't let fear conquer us. We have to conquer fear. So to conquer fear, we have to go out every day to apply action. Go out, take that one walk, take that mile walk, walk, do that push up. Speak, do public speaking. You don't like public speaking? Go out there and speak publicly in front of your family. Start with your family and build that up. Stuff that you don't want to do, you have to do it just to get to that next level, that newer version of yourself, that best version of yourself. So stop holding yourself back with the inaction, breathing, uh, questioning yourself, doubting yourself with the fear. Nah, fear brings you over to the next level. It's that hurdle that you have to get over to b- become your truer self, your newer self. So start thinking about the action instead of inaction. Start building your confidence and your courage. Start conquering the fear. Anything that you fear, conquer it. Face it. Face it head on. Embrace the fear. It's there only to build you. So embrace what you're about to face is what I say. Once again, the quote is, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit at home and think about it. Get out and get busy. Start with the action. We'll be right back. So, next up on Sana Ai, our guest on today's show. It's Monday. I know schools are back in session, so I decided to bring on one of my longtime friends, Megan Scott, to discuss how the school curriculum is going and how the whole start of school is going to happen from this today on and how it affected her when the COVID first started. Um, A little bit about Megan Scott is she's uh, entering her second year as a seventh grade English teacher. 
for the school district of San Bernardino. She's been on a long road, a long journey. You know how a journey is uh, when you're trying to chase your passion or looking for your passion or looking for your dream or looking for your dream job. After receiving her bachelor's degree in public relations and marketing from Hampton University, she took a year off. In 2014, she started law school at Southwestern Law School. And law school for you, for all we all know how law school is, how it's the grit and grind of law school, even though we haven't been in law school personally, but just hearing about law school, we know how that is, where you have to be tremendously focused, where you have to drop everything and focus on law school and just being in law school and not having no, any other focus like on family or friends or anything of that nature. So she did that, but it was a lot to handle. So she switched lanes to a new career path and decided to get her master's in education and teach credential from the University of Redlands. And four months from graduating, she got her first teaching job with the San Bernardino School District as a seventh grade teacher. Her goal in education is to be a mentor to young African-American students. And her main focus is to introduce and promote the many opportunities to attend HBCUs to black students, all students who are often ill-formed about the options they have after high school. And I know me personally, in high school, I didn't know about HBCUs like that until my senior year, two weeks before I was graduating. So I'm glad she's bringing that to the table and educating us and educating the youth on HBCUs and what they have to offer. She also has a nonprofit organization called the Melanin Mentor. And she plans to brand herself as just that, a mentor to the black youth. So let me give me a round of applause to introduce Miss Megan Scott. We're going to jump right into conversation. This is a phone conversation during COVID and we just get right into it. <laughs> Honestly, there's no intro. This is the intro that you get and we just get right into the conversation. Um, beforehand, there is a brief minute where she cuts out. So bear with us and we get right back into it. So I appreciate y'all tuning in to Sana IE and we're getting right into the show. So I was wondering, like, why seventh grade? Um, well, honestly, I want to teach high school, ultimately. I want to teach 11th grade. But if you really want to know the whole backstory, mm-hmm. I was not working for a year while I was in school. And then as soon as I finished school and finished everything I needed for my credential, I started applying but it was after school already started so it was like after august when school started so i started applying in probably september or october Mm -hmm. and the san bernardino school district was the first school district to call me and i actually had three separate interviews but seventh grade for the seventh grade class that was the first interview i did and then they called me like 10 minutes after (laughs) so i didn't even make it to the high school um, interview because I was like, oh, well, let me just say yes because you never know, you know, they yeah. might not like me at the other one, and I needed a job. Oh yeah, most definitely, and so, I feel that too. It's like you when the opportunities that come knocking, you get sometimes you gotta say yeah. Exactly. So you gotta small where you start, not where you finish. <laughs> I'm just playing, but yeah, 
But I feel that too, like how they came. That's a blessing in disguise too. Like you was like, how you say you to have a job for four months, and then they called you out the blue, like, hey, you want to come work for us? Well, they gave the interview. Exactly. Then it was like, did the process about that. But I understand that too, because I'm like me. I'm like, what I want to teach seventh grade is like, yeah. But overall, like you said, how they they be wilding out these days. I'm like, mm. I was thought more like professor wise, like doing college would be like more your lane, in my opinion. You think? Well, you know, it's funny when I did my student teaching, this one teacher I was observing, he told me he thought I would do well in middle school. And mm-hmm. I always thought I would. Yeah, it's cutting out right now. He was cutting out a little bit. Oh, dang. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> oh, I was saying when I did my student teaching, mm-hmm. one of the teachers that I observed, he told me he thought I would do good in middle school. Okay. But I've always wanted to teach high school, 11th grade, because of, you know, my focus of trying to get kids to go to black colleges. And I felt like high school would be like the perfect lane for that. But I was saying like, it's never too, it's never too early to start kids thinking about college. So I don't yeah. have to teach high school just to start doing that yeah because i mean especially seventh grade too um that's like you can plant the seed there to get them to aware of what colleges they should go to and which ones they should attend especially how you say you're trying to put the hbcus back on the map so i understand that too so seventh grade i understand planting that seed and seventh graders are the start of before like you said before puberty before they hit that that high school age so that's when they're you can semi mold them like, like i say you plant that seed in the head like hey you should you get to high school in the next two years or whatnot, you should check into this school or this school and this school. I went to this school. I know you're going to be like, oh, go to Hampton. <laughs> the real H. <HU. laughs> I am. But oh, I've got a rap. So, yeah, I understand. So, you got to start somewhere to get somewhere. So, seventh grade, me, like I said, personally, I was like, oh, let me do 11th grade see, uh, or 12th. I'd be cool with that. But mm-hmm. seventh grade, I feel like it's just more of a hassle. Like, they don't want to listen. Half the time they want to be on the phone, but it's just your job as a teacher, just like, hey, put the phones away. This hour is my hour. Y'all can do all right. that when y'all leave the class. So I understand that. But how are you overall? Just in general? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm good. I'm just staying inside, getting Snitch. my quarantine on. <laughs> a lot of things changed this year because of COVID. And I'm turning 30 this year. Oh, shout out to you. Yeah, like me, along with everybody else that was born in 1990, we had to <laughs> cut back our 30th birthday celebrations. Man. So <laughs> that's kind of sad. But I mean, I'm also blessed to, you know, be healthy because a lot of people didn't make it to yeah. this far. Yeah. But, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff like that. I'm trying to focus on other things. I want to take my real estate test i like I that to, i don't know it's a lot of stuff i want to buy a house this year you know i always want to well at the beginning of the year i said i'm going to be 30 this year so i want to you know purchase my home when i turn 30 so i'm going to start working on that in a couple of months i feel you on that too because i'm in the same way where i was thinking like up oh, 30s coming up and i do want to have my own home and be have that stability and that foundation where i'm just growing that's where i my family isn't growing from there, so I feel you on having that own home. 
It's about that time. It is. I feel that the real estate too. Then you're trying to do a lot. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, I mean, this day and age, you have to do more than multiple things. You have to have multiple crafts. You have to be a jack of all trades because it's like he's like, oh, I'm a teacher, but hey, I sell real estate on the side. So you get to the get to the stick kids and you get to their parents at the same time. You're like, hey, exactly. <laughs> I you know, I have the that. summers off, so I have to. I can do something in the summertime. Yeah. What made you want to look into uh, real estate? I've actually been wanting to do real estate for a long time. I did real estate school like three years ago, and then I just lost focus. So I never actually took the test. So that's really all I need to do is study for the test. Oh, I got you. And um, pass it, of course. But yeah, I've always been interested in real estate. I watch a lot of real estate TV, million dollar listings. And it's just like, it seems very lucrative. It most definitely is. I see a lot of people that's getting into real estate too. I got to have a couple of friends that's in real estate. So I might bring them on the show and let them talk about the real estate th- game themselves. But Well, let them know I need somebody to help me study for my test. <laughs> I got you. As a matter of fact, I got a dude who's all into that, too. So I'll have him all connect the dots. For <laughs> sure, I got you, too. And they got you, too, if y'all listening. Y'all do real estate art. Got any real estate gurus. Holla at me. Holla at her. Mm-hmm. But um, how did, I want to ask, like, how did COVID affect teaching for you on your behalf okay it was difficult because first it was my first year teaching Mm -hmm. officially i was a substitute before so my first year teaching i started in january so it was in the middle of the school year and then my students they didn't have an english teacher for like two months they were substitutes every day um, because they had a lot of problems with their previous teachers. They Two teachers were fired before me, and then they had substitutes. And then I finally came in January, so that was already an obstacle because they weren't even doing any work for two months. Like, they didn't have it. Basically, their English class was like their play class. They used to do what they <laughs> wanted. Dang, that's crazy. <laughs> so then I came in, you know, tried to give them rules and regulations and classroom management and they kind of weren't having well not even kind of they weren't having it at first they just didn't understand how come they had to start working all of a sudden yeah in the middle of the year exactly so that was too and it seemed like forever but when i really look at it i only worked from january 9th to march 13th which is our last day of school because of covid Mm -hmm. so in that two months um, I got my classroom management down with most of the kids, but you know, some of them are a little more difficult than others. Um, and then as soon as I was getting the hang of it, school ended. So we had to move to online, which was a whole nother story. It wasn't uh-huh. difficult, but it was just, basically we just had to upload work for the kids every week and the kids, they weren't really held accountable. So if they had an A, before school ended, they couldn't get anything lower than an A. So basically, they didn't have to do the work if they didn't want to. What if they had like a C, D, or F, or a D or F? If they had a D or an F, if they did the work, it could go up, but it couldn't go down. So a lot okay. of kids, I mean, obviously, if you had a D or an F, you weren't doing your work in class anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing really changed. They still didn't do their work online. Um, so those kids, most of those kids probably still had that D or an F at the end of the school year. A couple of students, they, you know, changed their minds and tried to raise their grades up to a C 
And I got some some students that did that, but for the most gotcha. part, the only kids that were showing up for online were the kids that already had A's, <laughs> basically okay. kids that didn't even need to be there. <laughs> and out I'll of like 150 that. students, I usually probably got at the most like 20 students participate. Damn. So yeah, that's crazy. You know, now we're starting school again. When y'all starting back up? Monday. Monday. Are you ready? Monday? That's <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like, is anybody ready? No. Nah. Are y'all doing in, in class or y'all doing online? We are doing online. Um, and they have more, it's more structured now just because they had time over the summer to, you know, get a plan together. together. But I, I'm still a little, you know, still a little lost about what they want us to do. I have a meeting tomorrow with my school. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll get all of my answers then. Gotcha. And uh, we'll go from there. Shoot, I want to know because I'm like, <laughs> I'm interested. Like, how are they gonna do this? Yeah, but we will. I, I feel like online is good too, but they should do it to like where kids check in, like how they have the little Zoom, the Zoom meetings, and just have them checking in on Zoom and go that way while you're teaching, and they just uh, on the sides if they got any questions and something of that nature. But we gonna see. Yeah, it's like the only thing I don't. Well, it's different for me too because one, it's still like technically my first year teaching. Mm. Two, I'm gonna be at a new school this year, not even mm. the school I started at. So I haven't oh, wow. any of my colleagues except for the principal. Um, so that's a little different. I don't know anyone really except for the people that I've been talking to, you know, on email and by phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just going in there blind. Yeah, but you got this at the end of the day. I'm not worried. But I know you you know, it's like everything you basically starting fresh with everything. Having a new job, new employees, new students. It's like, all right, you gotta get well adjusted to it again. But you're a very friendly person and you uh can adapt to any situation. So you be solid. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no problem. What do you feel like you've learned during this uh time as a teacher and as a person? As in yeah, as a person. Well, I know I learned a lot about patience, a lot about perseverance, because at the beginning when I first started teaching, I used to kind of go home and be kind of, you know, frustrated, a little frazzled because it was so difficult to get my students to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I pushed through one because I didn't have a choice because it's my job and two, just like as a personal challenge. And so I feel like I was able to accomplish some things. I mean, I think that I still have a lot to learn with teaching, but yeah. just as a person, I did gain a lot of patience and understanding. And I know now that like a lot of people are growing up differently. There are a lot of different obstacles that the kids go through that mm-hmm. affect how they are acting in school. So you just have to be like empathetic and sympathetic to those people. To those Got people. you. Yeah, because, I mean, overall, it's, like, a lot that's going on in the world right now. So it's, like, like you said, empathetic to uh, to them and then what they're going through and what they've seen. So I know how it is, too. It's going to be a whole different ball game once you start on Monday. But, like I said, you'll be ready for it. And it's all it's going to be another learning experience. I'm going to show bring you back and talk about how that was and how the whole adjustment to it is, going, um, how you adjusted to it. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer personally? Do you prefer in-class teaching or do you prefer virtual? I know you're still getting used to the whole virtual teaching, but what do you feel like you prefer? 
Um, I prefer in person. In person. Because one, that's how you build relationship with the students. I think it's going to be difficult to build relationships with the students online, especially if some of them aren't participating. And mm-hmm. it was different last semester because we started off in class and we moved to online. But now that we're starting online, it's going to like it's going to be hard for me to learn their names. And it's going to be hard for me to learn their personalities. Like that's easier to do in person. Yeah, I understand that too. So I would prefer to be in class, but until it's safe, I will be okay with online. Yeah, man, that's a, this is going to be a whole new experience. And I understand too, because like you say, you can, like when you're like that physical connection with somebody, you can learn their connections, can learn their habits and see how they are around people, see how they are around others, see who the class clown is, see who the smart uh, ones are, see who the ones that need just a little more uh, help than others. So I know what you mean. It's going to be a whole different, but hopefully the people, the, they all um, learn to follow instructions and follow up to and ask questions if they need help, especially the ones that, you know, the kid, the students that want to ask for help, but don't ask for help. Hopefully this opens the door for them to ask for help and raise their hand and ask more questions to you versus be having that shy, being that shy person in class feel like, oh, I should ask this question. It may be a dumb question or something on that in that case. So, mm, mm, mm. agreed. I'm like, man, okay. Oh, yeah, like I said, I can't wait to have you back to see what it's about and see how it is. Cause I didn't know you, they were starting school back up so soon. I've been hearing like talks about it, but I didn't know it was starting like, like you said, Monday. So, yes. I don't know why my school district starts so early, honestly. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of schools don't start until the middle of August. So, I'm not even sure where we got it. <laughs> It just popped up. Right, this is our test run. Let's try it as soon as possible. We're gonna see. Are they gonna have you teaching? Like, like I know you say gonna be online. Are they gonna have you like go to your class and teach, or or, or what? No, I'm gonna be at, at oh, my house. Okay. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to find an area that I can teach in. If I have to do like live lessons, because I think. From what I know so far, I'll have to do at least two hours live mm-hmm. a day, and the rest can be recorded or they can do work on their um, independently. So I have to find like a location in my home for that to work. And then eventually, they said that we may, the teachers may be able to go back into the office or to the classrooms and teach from there, and the students would stay online. But we just don't know yet. Honestly, everybody's still like figured figure everything. Yeah, I get that, but I, I mean. I'm just viewing them like I think it would be best to have the teachers start in the class, especially like you said. I don't. I gotta find the space to teach, especially when you do live teaching. So it's like, why not have them in the classroom and teach from there, where they have all the books, the materials, the uh, supplies that they need to teach from there, and then just have them go home separate ways. So I mean, it's just gonna be basically you in there recording if they got the camcorder or whatever, however they're gonna set it up doing the live recording or on your laptop. You can be in the classroom, have the white chalkboard behind you and everything, and go from there versus, like, oh, do it from home. I think more, more doing it from home is, like, more complicated if you don't have the space. Definitely. I agree. The only thing about – the only thing for me is that since I am at a new school, I had to un- I had to take everything out of my old classroom, so I actually still have it at home. So I have some of my supplies – well, all of my supplies, so I'm able to use those, but – I would like to be able to be in the classroom. It would just be 
it's better the atmosphere because you know there's people at my house so you never know who's gonna walk up in a room it's hard it it would be easier to just have my own like private space i got you i got you got you was teaching your childhood dream or did you have a different dream um no that was not my childhood dream. <laughs> um, i was always good so i'm an english teacher I was always, always, always good at writing. So my mom used to always say that I would do something with writing, but I was like, no, I'm not going to. Of course, I probably, I wanted to be a doctor at first. Okay. Um, Then when I went to Hampton, I got my degree in public relations. So I wanted to be like an agent, like a sports agent. Um, Oh, shit. (laughs) After college, I went to law school for a year. And that didn't work out, and I was getting older, so I was like, all right, Megan, you need a career. Like, you can't just be doing whatever. So what's a career that you can do or that you think you can do well? So I was like, okay. I substituted for a little bit, and I was like, oh, I think I can be a teacher. Then I decided on English because I like writing, um, and here I am now. Started from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like that. I like that journey. <laughs> like you say, you, as a child, you wanted to be a doctor, but over time, you that that dream changed. Well, not changed, but you was trying to find what what do you love doing. You like you said you like writing, so you eventually became an English teacher. I heard law, I heard law school. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> I'm like me first. I'm like, that's a no go for me. But what happened with law school? Oh, um, okay. I always like beat myself up about law school because I got accepted into two law schools. One was in LA and then one was in Texas, Texas Southern. Mm-hmm. And like looking back, I should have gone to Texas Southern. I think that I, it would have been a better choice for me. I decided to stay home just because it would have been easier and I could stay at home and I have to pay rent or work or anything. Yeah. But while I was in law school, I was also working out here full time. And so like my days are just very packed. I drive from Ontario to Brea and then from Brea to downtown LA and then downtown LA back to Ontario. And I used to not get home till like 10 o'clock from six o'clock in the morning. Um, So I really didn't have a lot of time to study and with law to study. And I've never been a great study or like, I never, I don't know. I never really had to study. Like stuff just came easy to me and that's how I got through high school (laughs) and everything. So I was like, okay, I can do this in law school. And I was sadly mistaken. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what? Yeah. And then, like, with law school, there's no homework. Like, they don't give you assignments. It's basically, like, you just come for the whole semester, and then you take one test. So everything you learn that semester is going to be on your test. Like the bar. And, you know, view things at night because I was going to sleep, getting ready for work in the morning and to do all over again. I just didn't use my time wisely. My grades were not good my first semester in law school. And then I had to basically raise my GPA up to a certain amount the next semester. And I raised it, but not to what I needed Their to raise standards. it to. So I basically got disqualified and they told me you can reapply again. But at that point, I was like, I still have to work full time. So I don't know why I, it, you know, it didn't make sense to put myself through it again, honestly. Yeah. I understand, especially like you said, like going to Texas, Texas Southern, they would you would have have to work too. So like, I'm wondering like why you still didn't just take the jump to Texas Southern out there. Uh, 
you know, I'm still wondering the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But it was kind of like I was just back from home from being in Virginia for four years. Yeah. So I think it was more so me wanting to be at home for a little bit. But now that I think about it, like I would have been okay if I left for three three more years and I could have, you know, come back. Mm. But I just think that everything happens for a reason. So, you know. Now that I'm a teacher, I want I started my nonprofit. Yeah. Mentor. I feel like maybe that's the track that I this is the track that I'm supposed to be on, honestly. I feel you on that too. Like like you said, it was like a blessing in disguise in a way to where it was like, oh law school didn't work out, but I'm still in California. I can still do my thing. Let me switch lanes. So you switched lanes and you went that's when you started working towards getting your masters. Yes, so I did get my master's. I got my master's and my teaching credential from University of Redlands. So now I have a master's in education. Got you, got you. Let me let me take a step back because there was a question I wanted to ask that it just came into my head. What advice would you give anybody? I say you. I know you only went to law school for like a year. What advice would you give to anybody that's going to law school or trying to get in that? Let's say they're trying to get in like law school or med school or anything of that nature. What advice would you give them? Um, I would get the advice I would give is to make sure that you have time to focus on just that. And I know it's easier said than done because a lot of us need to work, you know, to survive. Like we have bills, we're grown now. But if you can, I would say work part time or not at all so that you can actually focus because it is very, very demanding. Yeah. Gotcha. Appreciate that. Y'all hope y'all taking notes out there. <laughs> For real. Okay. So where we at? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. If you could, let's say you, you say you wasn't a good learner. You were just floating and coasting through high school. What would you go back and let's say you can go back. What would you go back and tell high school Megan or middle school Megan that you know now that you wish you would have known then? Mm, let's see. That's a good question. I don't know. Like I might be a little cocky, but I just feel like I did everything pretty well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I went to college from high school. I finished in four years. After my college, it was a little iffy, but I still continued to work towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get too comfortable. I just never wanted to get too comfortable. Um, but I would, think, I would tell myself to be more adventurous because I'm actually kind of scared to take, like, for example, going to Texas. Like, even though I went to Virginia, and when I went to Virginia, I was really nervous and scared and, like, I cried. <laughs> Mom left me when I was a freshman in, in college at Hampton. Like, I cried. I was like, I'm going to be so homesick. So, I still feel like I have those feelings right now. Yeah. So, I would just tell my younger self to, like, take more risks because they'll always pan out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Take more risks. If you listen right now, take more risks. Don't <laughs> doubt yourself or hold yourself back and be afraid. You got to just take, the, take that risk sometimes. Take that le- leap of faith. But I feel you on that. What made you choose Hampton over anything else, over other HBCUs? Oh, okay. Let's see. So when I was in high school, I went on three black college tours. So I think I saw like a total of, I don't know, like probably 30 black colleges, honestly. There's a lot. Maybe maybe between like 25 and 30. And um, Hampton is a very beautiful campus. I actually wanted to go to Howard, too. Um, and then when I went to visit Howard, I didn't like the location. Okay. It was like in the middle of the hood. <laughs> you know, I'm a little, I'm a little suburban girl. 
So Hampton was more like closed off. It was more in the cut. It's not as, it's not like a city as Howard was. Um, So I liked, I mean, there was a lot of schools I liked, but I applied to Tuskegee and I got accepted there too. Ultimately, I chose Hampton because one of my best friends in high school, we were both supposed to go together. Mm-hmm. And then she didn't end up getting accepted immediately. She had to go to summer school and she decided against going to summer school. So at that point, I was like, well, I already committed to going to Hampton. So I guess I'm going by myself. And Damn. then also <laughs> my grandma's from Virginia and I have a lot of family in Virginia, like okay. 20, 15, 20 minutes away from Hampton. So I just knew I would have, you know, somebody there. And then my grandma used to come for the holidays and for Thanksgiving or spring break, she used to come to Virginia and spend time with me. So, Oh, shit. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Shout out to Grams. I like that for real. So you was at Virginia and you decided to, what, you decided to get your bachelor's in public relations and marketing. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose that, that field? Well, public relations, because like I said, I like writing. So public relations was like, um, it was in our journalism school. So any major that had to do with journalism, it was going to be public relations. It was going to be broadcast journalism. It be on TV because I'm kind of shy. Um, or it was going to be print journalism. So I chose public relations because I thought that that would help with my dream at that time of being like a sports agent or um, a manager or something like that. Got you. What about what um advice would you give anybody? Let's say going for their bachelor's, feeling like you know it's just a home stretch. They like especially that everything that changed now with the whole COVID, how they're switching to online, or some people have mm-hmm. to maybe take the whole year over. What advice would you give them when they're like, man, I mean, that's something. It was like literally in a home stretch. It was like. Five final five minutes, and they was going to be walking across that stage. But now mm-hmm. it's like they got set back. Any anything you want to tell them, or any advice you would just give them? I would tell them that their hard work is not in vain. Even though they didn't get to get you know do the celebration that most people get every year, they still stuck through their four years of college. They still got their degree, and they're still going to be something and make something out of themselves even though they didn't get to walk across the stage so I don't want them to feel like you know what they have now is not as important because it still is gotcha that's real too so keep keep going basically like it's not going yep. in vain your hard work is still going to be the blessing going to come the blessing in the skies like you said how your story is you went to uh, law school for a year it wasn't the path for you and you turn around, end up getting your master's in education, and now you're a seventh grade middle school teacher with your own nonprofit organization. So you working toward like it's minor setbacks to major comebacks at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. So your goal is to mentor young African African American students, mm-hmm. mentor them, and how? What way? Where are you trying to mentor them towards? Okay, so this is I like talking about this because I have a passion for getting school or students I should say especially in the IE Mm -hmm. to HBCUs and this came because one I went to an HBCU two California was actually very represented at my school there were like we were like the third largest region at Hampton University but a lot of them came from LA and a lot of them came from like the Bay Area or Northern California 
So I didn't meet too many people from, you know, Rancho, Claremont, I don't know, San Bernardino, Rialto. There weren't a lot of us there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people are like HBCUs too. They focus on like big cities. So they focus on getting their name out there in big cities like Los Angeles. And a lot of little, you know, little areas like the IE are forgotten about. And also because a lot of people don't know about black colleges out here so like I do of course because I went and the only reason why I knew about black colleges growing up was because my mom went to one and so she kind of like she just instilled that in me from when I was little so I knew I was going to a black college but like other kids that I went to school with they didn't know about them and a lot of people don't think that black colleges hold the same weight as other universities um, which is false because they produce all you know the most black educators black doctors black everything so i love that most of the people in high careers or in you know that are doing very well with themselves a lot of them went to black colleges so like i feel like we need more people out here in our area to motivate students to and to even inform them just because i don't think you have to go to an hbcu but i think that you should be informed of you know the choices gotcha gotcha like, I just have a quick example. My little cousin, she grew up with me. My mom raised her. She graduated from Altaloma High School. She had, like, an average GPA. Like, she had, like, Bs and Cs. And her counselors used to tell her, like, well, you're not going to be able to go to a Cal State. So you have, or to a UC. So you're going to have to go to um, junior college. Like, you're going to have to go to Chafee or Mount Sac. But in reality, she could have gotten into a lot of HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Howard might be hard to get into, Spelman might be hard to get into, Hampton might be hard to get into, but there are smaller HBCUs like Fisk or North Carolina Central, like things like that. And their um, admissions isn't that difficult. So, like, just because you have a 2.0 and you can't go to a California school doesn't mean you can't go to another school somewhere else. And if they are given these options or if people tell them about them, I think a lot of students won't get stuck in junior college. They'll actually be able to go and, you know, go directly from high school to college if it's a black college. Facts. I like that. I want to help you with that as well as mentor them and anything you want me to like promote or tell or anything of that nature, let me know. I'll put it on the show as well as I want to reach out. Yeah. Young African-American, um, young African-Americans in general, like you said, get the whole HBCUs out there because HBCUs have tremendous opportunity. I was, that was going to be my next question. What opportunities from uh, do they have? But I know they have tremendous opportunities. Like you said, most of the well-educated, high-pristine African-Americans who's like at that position in their life or in their career, they came from HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So I feel that we got to keep that structure and keep on going. Because me, when I was in high school, I didn't really know about HBCUs until like my senior year, like last two weeks, <laughs> I want to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that they should be more um brought on the African American community. That should always there should be always be like HBCUs always going to like different cities instead of the big cities. They should go to the inner cities, the smaller cities, just to put that in people's uh brains, uh minds so they like, oh I can go to HBCU, all oh, can go to a college instead of oh I'm just stuck going to a JC or no I'm just be a high school dropout or there's no opportunity for me because I don't have a uh, 4.0 or a 3.5 or a 3.0. I have a 1.6 or something of that nature. Oh but I want to go to college but I don't know how to apply myself and it's like oh no you can't go you can go to JC or you can drop out there's like no nah, there's more opportunities in that but 
You just sometimes you have to apply yourself more or look for the right mentorship. That's mm-hmm. what that's what you're doing. Like you said, I'm mentoring kids to where okay, you don't have a good GPA, uh, but you can still look into this HBCU. This is a small HBCU that'll accept you. You go here for one to two years, and then you can transfer somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. Exactly. So the opportunities that HBCUs have, what do you, in your perspective, what opportunities do they have? Um. Well, first, like I said, the admissions they they offer a lot of opportunities for students with lower GPAs. Um, they even offer summer programs. So, like, if your GPA, you barely missed the GPA requirement, you can go to a summer bridge program and you can get your credits that way. And then you can start going to school there in the fall. So they don't just deny you. They give you an opportunity to fix it. Gotcha. Um, also, it's like a family. You know, all HBC, HBCUs, they are like, I don't know, they're just great for black people. They just give you a feeling that going to a regular college wouldn't. And I've been around people that have gone to multiple different HBCUs and they all come together because they have that one thing in common. And I don't know, HBCUs, they offer, they also offer you like a way to network. So I don't know if you want that job, who knows somebody on that board HBCU and there you go right there. You got connected in that way. And that gives you like an upper hand on someone that didn't go to an HBCU and those people up there, they're going to, appreciate the fact that she went to an hbcu as well you know yeah i like that for real Woo! and they're just fun like they're just great <laughs> and especially like in like what's going on right now like black people need a space to be themselves and not be scared to be themselves um you know where it's safe and where they can flourish and do them and i think hbcus give black people that opportunity honestly that's facts. I was thinking about my days out HBCU at Prairie View. I'm like, <laughs> man, it's, I love, I love the whole experience of it, as well as like you said, it's just like you feel like a family because that's how I felt every time I go back to the um, what's it? What is it? I keep forgetting. I want to say reunion every year. What is it? The homecoming. Every time I go back to homecoming, it's like a big family reunion in a way, mm-hmm. and you like, man, you'll see like all the HBCUs, all the alumni, you're like. Man, you feel like you're really at home, and they everybody treats you like family and everything. So it's like, yeah, I know what you mean by the HBCUs. I love it. I'm glad I went to one. I got glad I got to experience the whole HBCU and how it was ran, for real. You listen to this right now, and you like considering, like, oh, should I go to HBCU? Yes, you should. Yes, you should. <laughs> for real, because you'll like you'll feel that whole experience that we're talking about. But let's flip the switch. Let's talk about your nonprofit. Melon Mentor, excuse me. Yes. Tell, tell us more about that. Okay, so because I want to focus on getting kids educated about HBCUs, I figured I would start a nonprofit organization. I mean, I literally just started it this month in the month, well, yeah, in July. So it is rather new, but I am proud of myself because I actually got it done. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. So, um, yeah, it's just, I have a lot of plans for it. Like, I want to sell merchandise, of course. Um, and then, honestly, like, what I do want to make, like, make sure everybody knows about the Melanin Mentor is that it's not just about teachers, because there are a lot of Black mentors, like, a lot of different um, professions that can be mentors. As long as you have some melanin in you, as long as you're Black, you can be a mentor to other Black students. So, you can be a nurse, you can be a doctor, you can be a psychologist. You could be a chef. 
Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different mentors. So it's not just focused on teaching, but of course I'm a teacher. So that's how it started. Um, but anybody that wants to mentor students or anybody that has like, I don't know, something that they want to tell kids or like even to just help them make their decisions of what they want to do with their lives. They, a lot of kids or high school students or even middle school students, they like to hear like your journey, like how you became what you became. And I yeah. feel like if there were, if there are, you know, black professionals out there that can influence students and the youth, then why not? So ultimately I want to have like a group of mentors mm-hmm. of different backgrounds in different areas that can talk to students. Um, that might be kind of difficult now with COVID because we can't meet up in person, but that's like my ultimate goal on top of like yeah. scaling, selling school supplies and things like that. Yeah, that, that, like you said, I mean, like the um, your ultimate goal as well as I like how you was talking about the Google meetups, especially with the mentorships. Like if you create the app where they click, oh, I want to be mentored in, let's say, mental health or physical health or spiritual health or mentoring English, math, something of that nature where they can just click on that certain uh, field and the mentor mm-hmm. pops up like, oh, this is the, here's like the 12 week steps to do so-and-so for your melanin mm-hmm. mentor. So something like, that's what I seen as you was explaining. I was like, oh, that'd be hard if you just did the app where they, like you say, especially nowadays where they can just click it on and yep. they can just see the mentor right there. It's like, here's the 12 weeks of how to stay healthy or how to stay mentally healthy or how to <laughs> do stuff like that like uh stuff of that nature well that's what i've seen so i like that idea and i'm glad you started that so Thanks. i'm still in the beginning stages but it'll grow just like i did yeah the the fact is that you started so that's the whole thing like you started you didn't just like you've been acting on the idea on that thought and you're making it happen which i like so i appreciate that we gonna, yeah, we gonna flip it up, and we gonna get into my top five. Got top, I got five questions, and I just want to show just five answers. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> but five, you know, top five basically. So I'm gonna start with top five foods. Foods, yeah. Um, okay, I like pizza. Everybody. I like I tacos. <laughs> of course, you know, we're from Cali. I love potatoes. That's like really my favorite food. Any type of potato, a baked, <laughs> mashed, fried, French fry, like everything potato. I love. For sure. Um, what else do I like? Mm, I like fruit. So, I mean, my favorite food is like a pineapple or a mango. Gotcha. And then I like donuts. That's like my go to sweet is a donut. What's your favorite donut spot? Uh, I just like regular little, uh, you know, corner store donut places. Honestly, hole, like, hole in the wall. Oh, so yeah, yeah, like oh, Krispy Kreme, Dunkin' Donuts type. Yeah, nah, for sure. I just like the little ones, you know, in the hood. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. hood, all right. Mm-hmm. Top five HBCUs. Oh well, Hampton, of course. <laughs> I knew he was gonna say that. <laughs> Hampton, I I say Howard because I do like Howard. I've been there a couple of times. It was fun. Um, Tuskegee, I heard that that's a very good one. I got accepted there too, and I know a lot of people that went there that are like diehard Tuskegee reps, like they love it there. Gotcha. Um, let's see, FAMU, that's a good one, Florida AM, yeah. And I don't know, let's see, 
Let's say Prairie View because you went there. Yeah, dude, I like oh, that. Oh, but I did, I did skip Spelman. Everybody loves Spelman and Morehouse, so gotcha. I guess I just gave you like seven. <laughs> <laughs> for, sure, for sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. Shout out to the HBCUs. What top five? Top five books. Oh gosh, I haven't read a book in a long time. Okay, so I know a lot of girls will feel me, especially girls that are my age. Um, the coldest winter ever. Coldest winter ever. Yes, Quick description about that. It's about winter. <laughs> Obviously. A, a savage. Okay, for sure. I'm gonna check <laughs> it out there. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but if you know, you know. Okay. And then Fly Girl, which is another book that like I got both of those books when I turned thirteen. And uh, those are great books. And I feel like sure. they still print them out. And I feel like all girls should read those. Um, Let's see. I read Becoming Michelle Obama. How was that? It was great. She's Michelle Obama, of course. <laughs> I already know. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember, like, the last books I've read. Unfortunately, that sucks. Dang, that's crazy. I read. I only read books. Well, not only, but I majority read books by African American authors all the time. Because my mom gotcha. used to have so many books, like, and actually the physical form before mm-hmm. we could read them online and stuff. And they were all by African American authors. So I try to stick with African American authors. Gotcha. What do you prefer, the physical copy or the Audible? I prefer the physical copy. Gotcha. I'm still <laughs> trying to find the balance in between the two, but I like both. Sometimes I'm having the physical and sometimes the audio because I'm always driving. So, all right, top five movies. This should be easy. <laughs> oh, movies? Okay, my favorite movie is Bad Boys 2. That's that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Bad Boys 2. I love All About the Benjamins. That's like one of my favorite movies, too. Um, I like Forrest Gump. Mm, Forrest. Yeah, that was like, I used to watch that all the time. Um, what other movies do I like? I like Bridesmaids. Okay. I've seen it. And let's see. And Clueless. Oh, shoot. Probably seen that a million times. <laughs> That's funny. For sure. <laughs> I'm just laughing, <laughs> thinking about that. I haven't seen that in forever. All right. What about top five vacation destinations? Uh, okay, so is this like where I want to go or where I have been? Uh, where you want to go. Okay. Where I want to go. Okay, so remember how I was saying my 30th birthday got canceled? Yeah. So I was going to Toronto for my birthday, which might not seem like a big deal, but we were going for Carnival. Oh, man, so, it's Carnival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I want to. So I still want to do that. Hopefully we can go next year. I don't know, but hopefully we can go next year. Um, I want to go to Carousel. Um, I want to go to Spain. Oh, Spain is nice. Um, let me see. I've been to like all the Mexicos. I don't know. I don't want to go anywhere cold. I want to go to like England. I want to do like a whole European tour. Not to be dope. Like Greece. I actually almost went to Greece last year because my brother studied abroad and I was going to mm. visit him on spring break. Yeah. But I started doing my uh, Delta stuff. Gotcha. So um, yeah. Did I say five? I think that's five. I want to go to Hawaii, too. I mean, that's kind of basic. but Hawaii on my list, too, for some reason. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in forever. <laughs> I was supposed to go to Greece, Greece for my birthday this year, but, you know, COVID happened, and I was high. Like, Man, I was like, you be everywhere. 
<laughs> I was like a month away. Man, I want to go to Greece. I can't wait. Was it already planned? Yeah, it was like literally. I was literally planning because I just got back. Uh, literally, I'm like, all right. Let me tell you, I just got back from Spain, so I was like, uh, where am I going next? Up uh, Greece for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bet. And then all this happened, so I was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I'm stuck. But I'm still blessed, like, being here in this moment and whatnot. I know a lot of people have been dealing with COVID and whatnot, so they've been in my prayers, so I ain't gonna really... I'm just grateful for where I'm at right now and the space and the place that I'm at. Yeah. Versus, versus being like, oh, I want to be there and there, because, like, stuff is real serious right now. My last mm-hmm. two questions. I ain't gonna hold you up for the rest of your day. My <laughs> first one is, how can I help you with everything you're trying to do? Oh. Good question. I mean, you said anytime I need you to promote something, um, you can tell people to follow my business page, the melanin mentor underscore on Instagram. Um, and I don't know. I will get back for to sure, you. For sure, for sure. You can be one of my mentors. That's I got sure. you. Most definitely. I, I love mentoring. <laughs> I love mentoring. <laughs> Whenever I start getting meetings together, you can definitely be one of my mentors. Gotcha. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm all for it. If you out there, you listening <laughs> right now, you feel like you could be a mentor too, reach out to me or reach out to her on melonmentor underscore at Instagram, on Instagram, mm-hmm. and let us know. Like I said, she, she wants to help. If you feel like you can help and mentor the youth, come out with us and we'll be, we'll be glad. Last yep. question of the day before we get out. What kind of impact do you want to make on the world? on the world i want to be someone that pushes black people to the top got you i like that like i just want black people to be successful i want them to be appreciated respected and i think that with what i'm doing now i can contribute to that and i hope other people want to contribute to that because we are powerful and yes, I feel yes, like yes. we deserve better than what this world has given us, and we just have to do it for ourselves. That's facts, and I like that too. And we, you will make that impact. Like I said, I'm here to help you anyway and every way I can. I love the impact you're trying to make, trying to uplift Black people and put them on to the up the pedestal that. Um, I don't want to get deep deep into it, but bra- raising yeah, <laughs> raising up, you know. raising up <laughs> the African American community, which I like and which I love. So we're gonna do that day by day. We're doing it with the podcast, with your nonprofit, and with you being a teacher, just uplifting people too. And I appreciate you coming on, take the time out your day to come on the show, Sun IE, spreading your knowledge, giving your knowledge, giving your gems, advice, and really just letting us know about your journey and everything that it takes, like everything that you've been through, which is like very inspirational to me from going to law school to going to getting your master's at University of Redlands, as well as going to Hampton, taking that first step to where you don't like being out alone i want to say and you was like i took that first step and i had to do it because i'm like all right i gotta go i got family out here but i know at the end of the day i'm gonna be alone i gotta get out this shell and just break and spread my wings and fly so i understand so i appreciate you thanks for having me you're welcome this was fun (laughs) and i'll be back we're gonna do it again we're gonna stay in touch okay all right have a good day Bye. bye you too Man, what an episode. <laughs> ah, man, I just want to thank her for coming on the show once again and showing, sharing her knowledge, uh, dropping gems and advice on us um, about just what she's been through on her journey and 
being adventurous, being more adventurous and taking risks and just really having that confidence in yourself. And sometimes uh, a no is a yes and yes or a blessing in disguise. So never giving up on yourself and just really staying patient with the process of what you're going through. If you're going down one career path right now and you feel like it's not for you, you may have to switch lanes and go into a different career path and or to find a different passion. But it's, it's, that's what life's about, man. Just growing and adapting to change and to the changes that are brought upon to you. So appreciate y'all tuning in to Sana IE. Spread the word about the podcast. S- subscribe to the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, leave a little uh, review for me. I'll greatly appreciate it. Read it out on the next show. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Liking the show, um, bringing y'all interviews back to back. So uh, I'll be back again at the end of the week and pitch y'all with that future Fridays episode. Uh, basically, episode to forge your Fridays, forge your futures, man. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Sana I E X O. We out.